Uh, this is a great church. My wife and I have been attending here for about four years or so, and uh, we love this church. Um, we find that uh, nobody's trying to control things, uh, that nobody has a hidden agenda. Uh, we just we just love this church. And I know, for example, if if I mess up in this message, uh, it won't matter. You'll smile and you'll you'll let it ride. It doesn't matter. It's good. So anyway, today I'm giving a message here, and some of you have that little insert uh, in your uh, bulletin um, with the message, with the outline of the message. And uh, it's called The Joys of Aging, and we're going to get into that a little bit. Last year I had two significant uh, landmarks in my life. My wife Nancy and I uh, celebrated our 50th anniversary, and uh, some of you... Uh, attended that, and we were honored for that, and uh, we were thankful that you came. The other significant landmark was that I had a huge birthday. Um, it was a big one. It made me an octogenarian. That meant that I'm old, really old. I don't know how it happened. It didn't just happen overnight. It happened over many years uh, developing that way. But uh, they were wonderful years. I want you to know that. A few months ago, our small group uh, meeting up in Caslow uh, studied the uh, series of 12 weeks on called The Joys of Successful Aging. Uh, Gary Weins was in that. And uh, uh, it, I think there were some really good things that came out of that. And so I decided this would be a good message. Now, you might react by questioning the joys of aging. You might say, what in the world are you talking about? Are there any joys? Well, uh, there are, and uh, hopefully we'll get into those. At the same time, uh, there are uh, problems and so on. Uh, here's a poem. And by the way, when I was, uh, when I was uh, talking to the guys in the small group, I said, uh, what do you think out of this series should I include? And uh, one of them said, I think that poem... Uh, you should read that poem. So here it is. This poem is called The Little Boy and the Old Man. Said the little boy, sometimes I drop my spoon. Said the little old man, I do that too. The little boy whispered, I wet my pants. I do that too, laughed the little old man. Said the little boy, I often cry. The old man nodded, so do I. The worst of all, said the boy, it seems grown-ups don't pay attention to me. And he felt the warmth of a wrinkled old hand. I know what you mean, said the little old man. Yeah. There are losses. There's a loss of strength. There's a loss of speed. There's a loss of sight. There's a loss of hair. There's a loss of hearing. I'm sure you've heard the saying, of all the things I've lost, I miss my mind the most. <laughs> now, you might think that sounds a bit funny, but when it happens, it's not funny. You probably heard about the old guy who is turning 90, and his grandson decided, oh, we're going to try to give him a treat. So he arranged for a lady of the night to come. And so he approached his granddad and said, Pops, we're going to give you a treat on your birthday. He says, how would you like some super sex? 
And the old guy kind of cackled and said, well, I'd sure like the soup. I'll have to tell you about a little thing that happened this week. I was sick. Uh, a couple of nights I couldn't sleep properly and so on, and I was not feeling very good. And uh, so well, that was Monday, Tuesday, Sunday, Monday. And, uh, and then on Tuesday, this little brochure shows up on our kitchen countertop. This brochure said, cemeteries and funerals, what we all need to know. <laughs> That's my wife. I wasn't that sick. Goodness gracious. But enough of this foolishness. Let me begin the message uh, beginning with the story of Caleb. Okay, now I've got another gizmo here that I'm supposed to be using. There we go. Whoops. I guess that's it. Anyway, I'm going to begin with the story of Caleb. Remember in the Old Testament it was Joshua and Caleb who went to spy out the promised land. When they reported back, and there were just two of them, there were 12 spies altogether, but two of them came back with a positive report. And Caleb urged the Israelites, he said, go up at once and take possession of the land. He told the people not to fear, but to move forward. But what happened was the other 10 spies talked to the people into backing down. The result was, that the people were required to wander in the wilderness for another 40 years. So then, at age 85, Caleb is still optimistic, and he says in Joshua 14, he says, Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses, while Israel moved about in the desert. So here I am today, 85 years old, and I am as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. Caleb and Joshua were the only ones allowed into the promised land. And here's, here's Caleb 45 years later claiming to be as strong now as he was 45 years ago. Um, wow, he, uh, that, that's a great uh, testimony to us. That's a great model for us. Here he was wandering in the wilderness for that 40 years waiting for virtually everybody else to die. And now he here, here he is, raring to go. What a model Caleb is for the rest of us. Let me encourage you by saying this. Uh, here it is here. That people of faith tend to live longer. This is a fact. Statistics prove it. And here are some reasons. Uh, four reasons, as a matter of fact. This way? Up? The proje oh, up here? Rick's gone. We're lost. I don't think we're going to get here at all. Oh, well. When he comes back, he can get it corrected. Oh, Rick. Well, I, I need this thing to work. <laughs> oh, there it is. Yay! This technology, I tell my wife, she's the te technological wizard in our family, and, and I'm not. 
So, here are some reasons why people of faith live longer. First of all, people of faith view the physical body as God's temple. In 1 Corinthians 3, starting at verse 16, it says, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple, and God's Spirit lives in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is sacred, and you are that temple. We choose to treat the body with care and respect, especially if we believe that the body is sacred. Second point, is it going to work? How about that? People of faith ultimately trust God. Life, though enjoyable, isn't easy. In fact, life is difficult. However, people of faith don't live life alone. They, they find strength in the words of the Bible. For example, in Psalm 139, it says, O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. We find strength. And by the way, that scripture goes on to say, it doesn't matter where I am, you are there also. And it goes on to say in that, in that same Psalm 139 that uh, God's right hand takes us and leads us. Those words are comforting to us. We find strength knowing that God is with us. The third reason that people of faith live longer is that we are part of a large extended family. Loneliness is a huge problem for many elderly people. In Genesis 2, verse 18, it says, Man was not intended to be alone. It is not good for men to be alone. And therefore, God created a helper. My wife and I have traveled a lot in the last 18 years. We have come to love and appreciate the church universal. Not just this church, but hundreds and hundreds of people around the world who have like, are like-minded and who uh, want to worship and to build his kingdom. We certainly are not alone. We feel part of that huge family. Number five, people of faith have less stress, or at least they should have. As one gets older and leaves the workforce, the rigid schedule, the timetable, and so on is gone. More leisure time means less stress. There are more opportunities for spiritual change and growth. It is an opportunity to share God's ways with the next generation. We have opportunity to share and to volunteer. So knowing this, that we have the capability of living longer, what do we do with that? As Charles Colson says in his book, how then should we live? Here's what to do, and this again is in your uh, insert. Here we go. First of all, hold on to your faith. Let me tell you about my uncle Percy. His name is Percy Dickinson, Rick Dickinson's father, as a matter of fact. My uncle Percy was best friends with my dad. They were true brothers-in-law. Uncle Percy was a great man of faith and a great man of the church. 
He served as an elder in the church for many years, and when he retired from being an elder in the church, they declared him Elder Emeritus, the elder for life. He actually lived out here in Balfour for several years. Um, uh, I came out several summers and helped him build his house, his A-frame house, which is now the home of uh, Norm and Linda Bobbick. Um, but uh, as time went on, his health started to deteriorate, so he felt that they had to move back to Calgary, and they did, he and his wife Dorothy. Over the years, his health continued to decline. We got together about every every Christmas, and over about four or five years, it was obvious that Uncle Percy was just getting a little weaker and weaker. I know at one point, his granddaughter Jolene told him, Grandpa, our whole youth group is praying for you. And he said, please don't pray for me anymore. But the church regularly prayed for him too. They prayed that his health would improve. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> then one Sunday, our pastor got up and said, you know, I visited Uncle Perth yesterday. I, I visited him yesterday, and uh, he's not doing well. And he said, you know, I think that we need to uh, pray as a congregation that God take him home. And we did. The whole congregation prayed that Please, God, take him home. And that afternoon, about four o'clock in the afternoon, Uncle Percy passed away. Certainly, God answers prayers. The second point here uh, for us is to embrace laughter. In Proverbs 15, it says, A happy heart makes the face cheerful, but heartache crushes the spirit. And this is just one of many proverbs that say the same thing. Many studies show that a jolly spirit is good for your health. In this church, there are a few people who have that jolly and playful spirit. Uh, Dave Boland is one of them. He has a huge, he has a huge repertoire of, of jokes and humor. He's great to be around. My cousin Gail Mars is another one, by the way. Gail has always been a joker. I remember uh, a group of people once were up uh, from the church were up shingling somebody's roof, and darn if he didn't nail those shoes to the floor. <laughs> he's always looking for humorous times, and uh, he's always got a, a joke in his back pocket. But here's the story I like. This is no joke. The story I like is uh, about a fellow by the name of Norman Cousins. <coughs> At one time, he was editor of the Saturday Review. At the age of 39, he was told he only had three months to live. He began to uh, read about the uh, relationship between stress and laughter. He decided that he would uh, uh, start a daily routine of watching humorous shows. Now, this is kind of old, but he watched things like I Love Lucy, Abbott and Costello, and the Honeymooners. He read uplifting literature and humorous stories. Not only did he relieve his pain, but he lived an additional 39 years, dying at the age of uh, 78 in 1990. Laughter is indeed 
a wonderful medicine available and you can't overdose on it. So keep that in mind. Embrace laughter. Make sure that laughter is in your life. Here's the third thing that we can do, and that is to live right. <clears throat> in 1 Corinthians, it says, Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor to the Lord is not in vain. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself to the work of the Lord. Keep on keeping on. Hang in there. Finally, and isn't that a good word to hear in a sermon? <laughs> By the way, a preacher in this church should never go overtime. You know why? Because have you seen the size of the church, the clock in this church? You can't miss the time in this church. It's huge. <clears throat> Last thing, what to do? Leave a legacy. What you leave your children and your grandchildren is about the most important thing you can do. First of all, tell them I love you. In 1 John 3 it says, Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. Secondly, I guess I'm getting behind here. Oops. Oh well. Uh, tell them thank you. Let them know that you appreciate them. Thirdly, say, forgive me. Forgiveness is so powerful in each of our lives. And fourthly, say, I forgive you. Forgive as the Lord forgives you. Now let me run over those four things. I know I rushed through them, and apparently they're not written on the insert. So here are the four things of a legacy. And I'm going to relate this to my kids. Uh, I have two of my kids here with their spouses, so that's four. also have four grandchildren here. So I'm speaking to them right now, speaking to you, that I love you. I have so many things to love you for. Secondly, I want to say thank you. Uh, there are so many things that you do. Uh, to keep our family together, to keep your families together. Thank you for doing that. And I'm asking you to forgive me for the things that I do wrong. I'm certainly far from perfect. Sometimes I say things and I don't follow through. Sometimes I uh, kind of make promises and they fall flat. Um, sometimes I simply don't live up to the expectations. So I ask you to forgive me. And I forgive you for whatever things that you might falter on or, or don't quite uh, follow through on. I forgive you for that. So there's a little postscript on this, a PS. Don't wait to do these four things on your deathbed. Do them now. Do them soon. Do them often. Leave a legacy. Um, so I know there was on your insert it looks like an awful lot of stuff but uh, I hope I've uh, piqued a few people's attention uh, there are joys to aging uh, I know that uh, there are some things that go wrong 
In fact, I think uh, as one ages, uh, things continue to go wrong. Um, uh, as my wife uh, points out once in a while, uh, she's kind of waiting for the shoe to drop. Um, <laughs> but uh, there are a lot of joys. Uh, and uh, uh, so I'm, I'm anxious to hear what, how you respond to this kind of message. Um, maybe, uh, maybe you've got a different take on it. So, I open it up to you. Um, what do you think?